0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com.
1: The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable from PG County, Maryland, with Demetria L. Lucas. You see, I have like a little pep in my voice today. It's because I finally slept through the night for the first time in a week. I'm still jet lagged, and by slept through the night, I mean I woke up at 6 a.m. for good, as opposed to 4.30 or even 2.30 a.m. I've been back officially for a week as of today, and this jet lag has been kicking my ass over, and I'm still not through it. I've got at least another three or four days. It always takes minimum 10 days for me to readjust when I come back from Ghana. I thought it would be less because I was usually traveling to Ghana from L.A., which is obviously three hours behind the East Coast. It's actually worse here than it was in L.A. I've been walking around awake, but not really awake and sleep, but not really fully sleep for the last week. Like it's it's not been good. I did leave the house again. Last episode, I've been home for four days and I just left the house for the first time that morning. I've since been going out daily. I went to the mall because I had to get my other laptop fixed. Something happened to my laptop in Ghana, like the keys got warped. I don't know what I did to my laptop, but they had to replace the keys and they can get it back to me before I leave. So I went to the mall, ended up going to the Cheesecake Factory cuz I had to wait and I was like, well, since it's here, and then I went to get my teeth cleaned yesterday and ran some errands. Oh, and I went out with one of my friends um for dinner last night. There's a new black-owned spot On 8th Street, it's in the the building where Smith Commons used to be, which was also Black-owned. It's called Bronze. I heard it was a new Black-owned spot. It's only been open a couple weeks, and I wanted to go check it out. I heard the food was good. It was cool. Great service. I just really wasn't that hungry. I ordered a bunch of stuff, and I just sort of, like, picked at it. My mom had cooked one of my favorite meals, and I didn't know she was going to make it. So I couldn't resist. So I was, like, noshing before I left. And then I got to the restaurant and wasn't, just wasn't that hungry. Uh, but the food was cool. The company was great. The drinks were great. The cocktails were good. It's supposed to be this Afro-futurism decor or vibe. I totally didn't get that. Like, it was just a black restaurant to me. And not, like, a black restaurant that does soul food. It was, like, upscale black. Like, there were, like, oxtails and parpadelle oysters, some sort of, like, pepper shrimp. There were a couple things on the table. I'll post pictures on my Instagram. It was good. I just really wasn't that hungry. Good vibes, though. It was good to have a D.C. Black moment again. Not that I ain't used to being around Black folks, but like, you know, Ghana Black is Ghana Black. D.C. Black is D.C. Black. I enjoy them both. Um, But it was a good night out. I am supposed to meet up with one of my friends later today, Khalila from Messing a Bottle. She said she would come to PG County to hang out. But I kind of want like crab cake egg rolls. And I was like, shit. I know she said she could come here, but I was like, maybe I should go there. I don't know. I just want to see her. I haven't seen Kalila in has it been a year? I'm trying to catch up with as many people as I can while I'm here. I don't know how that's all gonna happen because I'm only here for another ten days and there's a bunch of people that I need to see. But I also got a bunch of work to do. I got a call yesterday and it was like, Hey do you wanna be a consultant on this show? And I was like, Um, yeah. When does it start? And she was like, I mean it could start Monday and I was like, That's not gonna happen. And it can't start the week after that, because then cause I'm moving countries. And she was like, what about the week after that? And I was like, well, yeah, that works. And so she was like, okay. And I was like, is this, is this how Hollywood works? You try to fight your way into a writer's room, get a show made or or whatever else. And then you just sitting at home, minding a business. And like the showrunner texts you and is like, hey, you want to be a consultant on my show? Yeah. Okay. I'll have business affairs send a contract. What? Yeah, that's simple. I'll tell you what it is when the show comes out. Just as a, a general rule. I keep having to relearn this lesson. I'm going to stop talking about shit until it actually happens. Because people worry me to death when I talk about things in steps. Like this whole, I'm in America and all these, I don't know, accusations, rumors, gossip. Like, oh, what happened in Ghana? Nothing happened in Ghana. I'm just moving to another country. But why are you moving to another country if you really like Ghana? Because Africa has 54 countries and I want to see as many of them as possible and traveling from West Africa to South Africa is a logistical and expensive nightmare. So it kind of just makes more sense to just go somewhere else. I've done it for a few months. Um, people are like really invested. And I was like, I mean, thank you for reading and watching and all those things. But you know, this is still like my life, right? I might wake up one day and be like, fuck this all and go move, I don't know, like London or some shit. Don't try to predict me. I intentionally live a life that is, that is random and unpredictable. I prefer it that way, oddly enough. Who am I? I used to love stability, like live for stability, pride myself on stability. And now I'm like stable for what? Meh. What's going on in the world? I do have energy today, but also anxiousness. Like the rest of, I don't even think black America. I think America in general is on pins and needles waiting for, I don't even know what to call these things anymore, police brutality video. Police beating video, police assault video, um, police murder video. The five black cops in Memphis, the the motorist, the black motorists that they beat, died three days later because of this beating. The news channels are promoting this video like it's the world release of a Thriller or some shit. Yesterday they started talking about it and they were like, it comes out Friday after 6 p.m., Friday after 6 p.m. And encouraging people to brace themselves for for what's on this video the the gentleman who was killed i keep hearing the story about how his mother was unable to watch the video because it was so violent i was passing through the living room earlier my dad watches the news incessantly so i overheard an interview with the the motorist's father and and he was describing on the video one of the officers punt kicked his son like he was a football or something. It's supposed to be really, really violent. And then the news reporters were talking about how cities around the country are bracing for protests, riots, as a result of this video. And I was like, oh, y'all don't know Black people like that. Black people are not going to riot. No matter what's on this video, Black people are not going to riot over Black cops doing this to another Black person. I mean, they're just not. And not to say that it's any better, because Black people did it. I think it's, it's perhaps even more deplorable. Black people showed this level of inhumanity to another Black person. That's something that we expect from racists. It's not something that we expect from each other. We, we recognize that police officers stick together and protect one another, but I think there's still a thought process that Black trumps officer, and it seems in this case that officer, police, pig, some people might say, trumps Black I say that, and then I also kind of want to walk it back, because now I'm thinking about, like, the scene in Boys in the Hood. Trey just kept being antagonized by a Black police officer, and I remember conversations, even as a kid, because I was when that, that movie came out. But I remember the conversations people had about the choice to make it a Black officer who antagonizes Trey throughout the movie. And the common refrain was like, yeah, Black officers be worse than the white ones. Because they're trying to prove that they're police before they're black. But I still don't see black people taken to the streets, um, whatever's on this video. And God bless the chief of police in Memphis. I mean, as fucked up as this is, she's a black woman. They're doing their best in Memphis to try to... Control is not the right word. Mitigate, maybe? Keep folks from rioting, which, again, I don't think they will. But of the five officers, five former officers, they've already been fired for violating policies on excessive use of force duty to intervene and duty to render aid even before the video comes out they've already been charged each has been charged i'm reading this on cnn with second degree murder aggravated assault two charges of aggravated kidnapping two charges of official misconduct and one charge of official oppression each officer received all of these charges i also read that i'm scrolling down Somebody else was fired, too. Two members of the city's fire department who were part of Nichols. The gentleman's name is Tyree Nichols. I don't think I said his name prior, but Tyree Nichols. Two members of the city's fire department who were part of Nichols' initial patient care were also, quote, relieved of duty, according to a fire spokesperson. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation announced an investigation into Nichols' death and the U.S. Department of Justice and FBI have opened a civil rights investigation. And again, this is all before the police video has even been made public. Usually this doesn't happen until the police video is made public and then people take it to the streets and then you're trying to stop the riots and then it's like, all let's let's indict these mofos, let's charge these mofos, let's lock people up, like let's do something so they stop burning down the goddamn cities. So, I guess this is being proactive. It's it's let me choose my words carefully. First and foremost, I wish police would stop beating on and killing black people, period. All of all of these reactions that, that I just described, the the indictments and the charges and the firing and all this other stuff are are symptoms of a disease it's not actually treating the disease which is whatever is going on with the police that they cannot stop themselves from from shooting killing maiming harming brutalizing black people that's the disease what they're doing with these officers and taking this this very heavy-handed approach with them immediately firing them and charging them all of these things If, if you just can't stop brutalizing black people this is what should happen And I hope that this sets a precedent. I don't think it will. But I hope that this sets a precedent for how these cases of police brutality and police murder are handled going forward. Because unfortunately, like, this is America. It won't be the last one. There'll be another one next week or the week after. We have police killings as often as we have mass shootings. Pause. I've been back for a week. I've heard four, five national news stories about school shootings or mass shootings like the 72 year old guy who who shot 20 people and either 10 or 11 of them died the asian guy i just knew when that story came out when they were looking for the guy they were still doing the manhunt and i was like yo these white men have lost their minds and then they was like oh it was an asian man who was mad at his ex-wife what y'all doing this shit now too stop stop was but in the same week, a seventy two year old man goes and shoots twenty people, killing ten or eleven of them, a six year old also takes a gun to school. What? What? I haven't been in America listening to the nightly news and keeping up with the American crime dramas in which the police, the criminals, the citizens, everyone all carries guns. Everyone has guns, and we're fighting to the death. This shit is alarming. Before I left, because it was no different, there was a mass shooting like every week, twice a week before I went. It's not like this is new, but when you get used to hearing about that stuff all the time, you do get really desensitized to it in a way that you're not even aware of. Like, it's just like, oh, there was another mass shooting. Like, oh, okay. We're all living with some form of PTSD because of all these mass shootings. But just being out of the matrix of that for like six months and then coming back to crazy shit, all in one week it's like yo like this is fucked up i don't understand how we and i mean like we as like not just the people because we don't make the laws i mean we vote the people in but i don't understand how like our government just allows this shit i understand like you know the right to bear arms is in the constitution but you don't think that you know with a mass shooting i mean like every day actually i was reading something that said there were more mass shootings already in 2023 than there are days in the year When I heard it, I want to say it was 36 mass shootings. We ain't even at the end of January. We ain't hit day 31 yet. I don't understand how this is tolerable, acceptable, and it's been going on forever. Like this should have been, this should have been handled way back in Columbine, which was like 20 years ago. We still on this dumb shit. Like how? How? Tell me you don't give a fuck about your people without telling me you don't give a fuck about your people. But, but Memphis, they throwing the book at these black officers as they should, as they should, but it's not lost on me that this has never been done. This wasn't even done for, um, what's the guy for George Floyd? You kneeled on the man's neck for eight minutes, and seven minutes of it are captured on video. You slowly killed the man on camera, surrounded by videos. It's not like there was one person hiding in the bushes you didn't know they were recording. You were standing in a circle of people who had their phones out. And and you didn't you totally didn't give a fuck. Even he is it Derek Chauvin? Is that his name? Even he didn't get this kind of treatment. There's a debate on my Facebook page. They were like, is the video that bad? Or Are they throwing the book at these people because they black? I don't know what could be worse than George Floyd. Read about people who've seen the video comparing it to the Rodney King video, which was really bad. I I hate to make a comparison between Rodney King and George Floyd. Rodney King didn't die on video. I mean, they beat the fuck out of him. It was a, a completely horrible, violent video. I remember it as a kid. I think I was in eighth grade when that video came out. Like, that was brutal. He didn't die, though. This gentleman doesn't die on camera, but I feel like the way they're talking about this video, poor mother, my prayers are with her, couldn't watch the video, it's probably pretty bad. But I also think they're they are throwing a book at these officers because they black. I was on Instagram right before I logged on here and Charles Blow, who I think is one of the most brilliant writers of our time, he had a, a thought of the day that he posted to his Instagram page. He said, quote, isn't it interesting how hard we had to fight very often unsuccessfully to have white officers who killed black citizens fired, arrested, and charged. But when five black officers killed Tyree Nichols, they are fired, arrested, and charged with a swiftness. And the systems that often stand in the way of justice stood back as if offering them up for sacrifice. That's what it seems like. I'm like, oh, so all this time, like you could have acted this way when it was white officers and black citizens who were beaten, maimed, murdered. All this time, you could have done this shit and you chose not to. You could have because we're watching you do it now. And it's real easy for you. You did it swiftly, effortlessly. So you could have done this all this time and you didn't do it till now. Oh, say fuck the blacks without saying fuck the blacks. We have to talk about other things this week, and it feels very, um, what's the word? Silly? I have on my list of things to talk about Puma Badu post a booty shot with her mom. I can't talk about that shit with any seriousness right now. We'll save that for another week if I still care next week. I barely care this week. This situation with LeBron's kid, some recruiter is upset that they can't access Brawny some recruiter was ranting on Instagram. They're upset. They can't access Bronny directly. They have to go through his parents. And the only one who will talk to anyone is the mom who's only available on Tuesday and Thursday. And then they have to go through a publicist to schedule a phone conversation with the mom. And I was like, yeah, what's the problem? You thought you should be able to access a high school student without going through his parents? Why? And Tuesday and Thursday is completely reasonable. You just want to pick up the phone and just call the mom directly. I mean, I guess that's what they do with everyone else. I I appreciate very much a LeBron and Mrs. James, the Savannah, the James. I very much appreciate that they're protecting their black kid. Lord knows he needs it. You mad you got to jump through hoops to talk to black people. That's all this is. If it was a white celebrity, if we were talking about, I don't know, like Larry Bird's grandkid, this wouldn't be a conversation. You would acknowledge their celebrity. You would acknowledge that the person is insulated because of their family, fame, and wealth. You'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You wouldn't be having a conversation about why you couldn't directly access a Kennedy. Put some respect on that black billionaire's name. Oh, this is good Black news. This is worth talking about. Lee Ralph and Babyface are also performing at the Super Bowl. I knew Rihanna was performing. I didn't know Lee Ralph and Babyface were as well. Lee Ralph is doing the Black National Anthem. She's doing Lift Every Voice and Sing. Do we typically do that at the Super Bowl? I don't really watch the Super Bowl. I really only watch it for the halftime show. But I don't know. Does, Does Lift Every Voice and Sing usually happen at the Super Bowl or this is new? Babyface is going to do America the Beautiful. I have faith that that's going to sound good. Babyface has a lovely voice. And then there's a white boy, a country singer, who's going to do the national anthem. Okay. Yeah. Am I going to watch the Super Bowl this year? No. I'm not watching the actual Super Bowl. I'm going to watch the halftime show and tune in early for Cheryl Lee Ralph and Babyface. I think that, that's good enough. I'm doing the podcast almost entirely backwards this week. I guess this counts as good black news. The 1619 Project. It's out on Hulu. I have not watched it yet. I have a bunch of friends who started watching it. Two of my favorite TV reviewers on on Facebook, J. Bernard Jones and um, L. Michael Gibson. Um, they love TV even more than I love TV. They've been discussing it and they've been saying good things about it so far. So I'm, I'm excited to watch that. I just need a chance to sit down and actually watch. I'm a huge fan of Nicole Hannah-Jones. I want her to win it. all the great things in life, her and her red hair. I want all great things for both of them because her hair is its own entity. I read the 1619 Project. It came out, and then everyone was talking about it. And then the actual magazine that it was in, I was trying to get a copy of it. And I want to say, like, it was already, like, $100. That thing might be up to, like, 1000 now. But I read a PDF of it, and it was really good. And then I listened to it. I want to say there was a podcast... Where Nicole Hannah Jones was reading it, and I listened to that, but I really want to watch this on on Hulu. I just haven't had a chance to do so yet. Also, during my like in, during like the early days of my insomnia, like I, I watched Elvis, which I talked about at least on social. I don't know if I talked about it on a podcast episode, but Elvis was really good. I did because we talked about the Oscars. I did talk about Elvis, so I watched that one insomnia night, and then I started watching. Truth be told, somebody sent it to me and it's it was Octavia Spencer and Gabrielle Union in the advertisement for it. So I went to watch it on Apple and then I saw that Gabby is actually in the third season and I missed two seasons. So I was like, well, you know, it's not like I can sleep. So I went back and started watching season one and it's actually really, really good. It's kind of like, OK, remember Reasonable Doubt on Hulu with like Jax and Michael Ealy? And her fine husband who liked to watch her have sex with other people. That show? Okay, really good show in case you missed it. But it's like that. Except it came second. Truth be told, came first. Octavia Spencer probably has 20 years on Jax. She is a podcaster who does a show on true crime. And the gist of the first season is in an early season of her podcast... She made a big deal about this, um, this guy who was suspected of killing his neighbor. New information has come out that makes her think that she may have played a part in putting the wrong person, a teenager at the time, in prison. So now she wants to go back over the case and find out who the real killer was because she doesn't believe it was the person that she accused so she's trying to go back and right her wrongs and then everything just goes haywire from there one of my criticisms of reasonable doubt was that everything that you expected to happen happened like the person that you thought was going kidnap Jax is exactly who kidnapped Jax. the the person that you thought was a killer was actually the killer there was no twists and turns this one Tons of twists and turns. I mean, the ending is kind of like, "Girl, what?" But it's like a oh, okay. I can maybe see how that happened. Like, but there's so much crazy shit that happens. Like, it's it's really 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 good. It's not too too bloody. There's a couple incidents, but if you like true crime and mystery and and you don't like predictability, this that's a good show for you. But I made it through first season. I started on second season, which is just okay. I might skip second season and just go first to third season. Oh, the other part. On truth be told, remember William from This Is Us. William plays Octavia Spencer's father on the show. He's a different version of William. He fired up because I think that's just who the actor is, and that's what comes out. He gives you old black man with energy and no fucks to give. Like that's just I think that might just be who the actor is, and that's what he likes to give, or he's just a hell of an actor and typecast as an old black man who gives energy. But he's really really good on the show. It's definitely worth a watch. Watch the first couple episodes and let me know what you think. But I think I might skip ahead to season three and see what's going on with like Sister Gabby girl. Season two is just, I don't want to give away the premise. I just, I don't, it's not, it's not hooking me, obviously. Was there something else? That might be it for us today. The 1619 Project, truth be told. Yeah, everything else on this list is shit I really just don't care about. Frivolous. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Speaking about random pop culture things. I don't mind talking about TV and film because it's actually something I'm passionate about. But other random stuff, I just, I'm really nervous about this video. I usually don't watch these kinds of videos. Like I I've begged people not to send it to me. I will ask you again, please don't do that. Um, I may watch this one just to see, or I may skip it. I don't know, but it I ha- I'm like anxious about it. Releasing that type of energy, seeing a black person just manhandled and abused and beaten and treated inhumanely. That word keeps coming up about what these officers did to the motorist. Whether the officers are black or white is is kind of irrelevant to me. And and just in this specific context, I don't want to see anybody beaten like that, mistreated like that. There's something about like... That video being published and and the energy shift that it causes when people view it, that it's going to have a a collective impact. Even if people don't take it to the streets, it just makes you feel like shit. I remember during George Floyd, I wish I had written down the expert's name. There was 24-hour news coverage of George Floyd for you know weeks like it dominated the news cycle and they were asking experts to come on and weigh in on on all sorts of things just to you know keep keep the story i remember there was this expert and he was talking about what it does to the psyche of black people to to keep watching videos of black people being brutalized how, you know, it triggers depression and it trigger, it trigger how it can trigger depression and how it can trigger angst and um, how it really just, like, fucks you up. And I never, at the time, thought about it that way until I heard it. I just knew I would watch these videos and I would feel really, really, really sad afterward. Just I would just be in a funk for a while. And then when, you know, the psychologist or therapist actually said it, I was like, oh, okay, so it's not just me. It, it really does something to you emotionally. To see someone who could be your your brother, your nephew, your brother, your nephew, your son, your friend, your cousin, co-worker, whatever it is. But it really does something to you to see someone who looks like someone you love, someone you could love, just be mistreated, killed, murdered so so senselessly, so violently. It's crazy to me, after being out of America, the things that have become so normalized here and we know it's crazy but I don't think you realize just how crazy it is until you go somewhere where like it just doesn't happen it just the first time I encountered the police when I was in Ghana and we were driving back from somewhere and they set up police checkpoints um after dark I thought it was just like a you know a sobriety test or something like that they give two shits um The cops just pull you over, have a little chat with you, and basically they just want to bribe. 20 CDs is basically what the cops are looking for. That's the equivalent of like $2 USD. So, you know, you give them a little 20 and then you go on your way. That's what you pay in Ghana to not have to worry about the police mistreating you, manhandling you. You just pay your little bribe and you go on your way and you go home. To me, 20 CDs is nothing. I get paid in USD. I'm not thinking of it from the perspective of Ghanaian citizens to where 20 USD actually could be a significant hit to your pocket depending on your income level. But again, it's still not lost on me that like these stories of police beating the fuck out of people, police killing people, these police videos, like this constant stream of violence just doesn't exist in other places. Not just Ghana, but I mean like tons of other places like like I'm moving to Johannesburg in in 10 days and everyone keeps talking about like oh the crime in Johannesburg the crime in Johannesburg the crime in Johannesburg and I'm like are you aware of Chicago and Atlanta or New York it's a major city yeah it has crime like that happens it's unfortunate but like I'm from America like Ghana that makes sense to me why would they would be like oh Johannesburg that's too much because they don't have that kind of crime I'm from America a 72-year-old and a 6-year-old both shot up shit in the same week. And those weren't even the only shootings. Those are just the ones that made the news. There were at least two other mass shootings that I'm aware of in the same fucking week. People like crime in Johannesburg, crime in Johannesburg. They carjack people in Johannesburg. Do they shoot up fucking malls and schools? I think I'll be all right. That's the episode for this week. Um, take care of yourselves. Um, I don't know what's going to be on this this video that's coming out later today. I don't think people are going to go crazy, but in case they do, may the odds be forever in their favor. And by their, I mean the rioters. If folks see this video and it's as bad as it's expected and they feel like the need to take it to the streets, like, well, you know stop killing black people you don't want any more riots stop killing black people it's an easy solve action and consequence stop killing black people you'll never have another riot every major riot in this country that involves black people at least has always been about somebody black getting killed i was gonna say about police brutality but i was thinking like martin luther king people riot over king that wasn't police or they after did riot there's some cities that still ain't rebuilt from that shit that's crazy That's America. That's it for this episode. I'll be back next week. All right, y'all. Bye. Or wait, or wait one second. Not bye. I was checking the internet to see if I missed anything about this Memphis case. No video coming out of Memphis yet, but TMZ is reporting that TJ Holmes and Amy Robach are out at ABC. That's a direct quote from the headline. According to TMZ, sources connected to the network tell us after a marathon mediation session on Thursday, ABC and the two GMA3 anchors have severed ties and both will receive payouts per their contracts. What kind of payout are we talking here? According to TMZ, the meditation was, quote, extremely contentious. They accused Amy and TJ of various forms of misconduct. One of the accusations is Amy had liquor in her dressing room, which the ABC folks said was a violation of policy. There was also an accusation that Amy went to the college football national championship game a year ago and she came to work the next day drunk. This was something else that she denies. TMZ learned that it became clear in mediation that Amy and TJ did not handle their romance appropriately, waiting too long to disclose it to the ABC execs. ABC also made it clear that, quote, their behavior on set was uncomfortable. That's a quote for some ABC staff. Oh, dear. TMZ notes that, quote, it's a stunning change from what the network initially said when the relationship was made public, stating that the two had not broken any rules and they were essentially considered equals at the show in position. Amy and TJ have been off the air since December 2nd. I didn't realize it had been that long. This drama has been going on for two months. TMZ says they don't know what Amy and TJ will do career-wise moving forward, but they note that they certainly haven't slowed down in the relationship department, and they say that they are a united front. Okay. I read that Amy was getting paid anywhere between one million and three million while at ABC. Let me look up and see what TJ was getting, allegedly. See, this is all speculation. Cause sometimes I see stuff about me and my salary, and I'm like, where did y'all get that from? They said TJ was getting about three million too. George is getting between 15 and 18, God damn, George. Three million a year, that's a good bag. Ain't no sex worth fucking up a $3 million bag, y'all. If it's dick that good, I don't want it. Leave it and the man it's attached to where it is. Oh, well. I'm rooting for DeMarco. DeMarco Morgan has been filling in for TJ and doing an excellent job. I'm, I'm looking forward to see more of DeMarco. Bruh did this shit to himself. I think Amy might genuinely be a casualty of this shit. Because the accusations, like you had liquor in your dressing room and... and You showed up drunk for work over a year ago. They ain't really got nothing on you. We talked about this at one point. They wanted to get rid of TJ because he's the one that, you know, been using the office. It's his in real life Tinder account. Fucking everybody. But you can't fire the black man and keep the white shit. So they fired the white shit. Gotta go, gotta go. Rest in peace, Robin Harris. Okay, now that's it. I'm really gone this time. I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.